Welcome to Rhythm and Pixels video game music podcast. This is episode 11-6, and we are your hosts. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernet. Every week we get together, we listen to great video game music of all consoles, all genres, all, all, all generations. There's no restriction. We just listen to great game music, and we talk about it, and we have a good time together. I almost wonder, are we overselling it? I, I don't know. Do we <laughs> actually cover all consoles? We've done a lot of consoles we got to find the consoles we haven't covered we got if we're going to say that we have to be authentic with our statements yeah we've been after the um like a lot of japanese home computer systems so we but we haven't done the msx we haven't done the sharp 68000 that could be a fun project for just <laughs> like every system we've never touched and we're gonna get like a bunch of like throw it into the it. engage where do you go to play a track from the engage it had some quality jams like <laughs> right sure did Philips cdi yeah buddy <laughs> 3do don't you know uh mercy heaven forbid but then again there probably is some good stuff on 3do we're just missing that weird like oh game with the freaking like i don't know like geometric shape Nights out. Yeah, yeah. Hey, if you have any favorite 3DO games with music soundtracks, music soundtracks with with music that you think we should listen to, let me know. Um, send me a letter. At send me a postcard <laughs> to dear old Captain Noah as well. <laughs> CC him. One, on that. two, three, Fake Street. <laughs> <laughs> that can't be real. Um, okay, so before we get started, I want to say um, on this this Saturday, this coming Saturday. December the 23rd at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Rhythm and Pixels Holiday Special is going to be happening live on Facebook. Holiday Smash Tasmagoric. What that actually means is that we're going to stare at a camera and drink eggnog. Yes. And it, people are going to wonder, why, aren't they, <laughs> why are they drinking so much eggnog? That seems very unhealthy. It's going to be like us recording a show. Um, except that it's going to have a lot more eggnog in it. Um, that's going to be the show that is going to be released on the 25th. Ho, ho, ho. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. So um, this is normally a Patreon-exclusive um, little bonus for our Patreon subscribers, but we thought we would do something a little different for the holiday and just give it to everybody. Don't judge us. <laughs> just but, enjoy it, hopefully. But for the Patreon subscribers, you can tune in a couple hours early, and we are going to be... Uh, kicking off our Rob and Purnell Rhythm and Pixels Play Games. You had a name for it last week. Do you remember what it was? Um, um pixel it was like pixelated. Pixelized. Rhythm and Pixels get pixelated or something like get, that. Get um get drunk. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, no. I see. No, that's that's no. a bad idea. Yes, it is. It's a very bad idea. But I'm you not. Barely handle it with the champagne. <laughs> I cannot even handle the champagne. No, no, sir. Well, we're, we're still working on the name, but it's probably going to be something like Get Pixelated or something. Yeah. Um, get get Pixels. Get it. Get Pixels. So let's talk about the, the topic. This is another topic that we've discussed about putting on the show for a while, but then just kind of like put it on the back burner. One, because it's an interesting topic. It's very... But it's slightly dangerous. I, I wouldn't... I mean... Well, I won't say dangerous in the sense of like making anybody angry but i could almost picture someone yeah. being like technically this does not fit yes what you're going for but which is fine two ignorant americans we're gonna go for it um and 
we're going to have some fun. So this came up during the desert-themed episode in which everyone on Purnell's track had a, a certain sound to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only genre we could think of is something that was arabesque, which is going to be, um, has a, a lot of like flourishes in it, has a very specific uh, scale that's used. Um, now, just to cover our bases here, we do know that arabesque actually refers more to like a style of like dance or like elegant dance. Yes. But the name choice stems from one of the tracks that's going to be played on the show itself. So I was like, right, this could fit. It's okay, you know, we'll put some quotes around it. But the important part is, like Rob said, we're going for a specific type of sound that hits a specific theme. And we hope that you ultimately enjoy this experiment that we're going on with this episode. Right. So to to start us off, I'm going to give us something that we're all maybe a little familiar with to give us an idea of what what to jump into. And this is going to be Sandopolis Act 1 from Sonic and Knuckles for the Sega Genesis. Hey, hey, hey. Um, this has many composers on this <laughs> soundtrack, uh, generally does. It's uh, Sachio Ogawa, Tatsuyo, Tatsuyuki Maeda, Jun Sanue, and Howard Drossen. So, Sandopolis, Act 1. Howard Drossen. Not Act 2, not racing. This is Act 1. <laughs> <laughs> listening to Sandopolis Zone Act 1 from Sonic the Hedgehog and Knuckles. Yes, both of them. Sonic the Hedgehog and Knuckles the Not. We're yeah. just they Sega went out of their way to make it sound cool and you just butchered it. <laughs> <laughs> they did. It's because I like to ruin Sonic for everybody. <laughs> but you don't have to work hard at it. They, Sonic team does it on their own. I'll stop. This is a classic. But I mean, this is not just a classic. I think the Sonic soundtrack, soundtracks, like all of them, are some of the best sounding games on the Sega Genesis. Oh, hands they're down. Amazing. There like, was that. They're probably it probably a little to do with the, the the Michael Jackson rumors of past, but uh, even with that, whether whether or not that was the case or not, it has some legitimately talented composers. Absolutely. And also, these were all before the OSTs became the Jun Sonoe show. Yes. <laughs> he just kind of <laughs> ran it on his own. Yeah, but, yeah. But no, it's so good. I, I, I love, it's got kind of a fun, um, it's, I mean, every Sonic in this generation has kind of a funky sound to it, but it definitely has that that arabesque intro and little flourishes in between here and there, but it's still, it's still dancey, which I like. Oh yeah, for sure. And it also, um, I like, I think it's interesting in the sense that I, 
Sonic and Knuckles and I, I have very little exposure to that game. It was this. It was one of those games I only got to play because of Sega Channel. Yeah. And the game was so god awfully long. <laughs> I just never. I rarely could sit through the entire thing in, in one go. Yeah. But uh, I was mainly familiar with the Sandopolis Act Two theme, which I loved to death. So when Rob was like, "I want to do Sandopolis Act One," I'm like, "I'm just gonna listen. It sounds so similar to Act Two, yet." There's a there's enough of a difference that they are truly completely different tracks. It's a baffling concept to me that did not I did not expect to yeah, have happen. They're very very different, but again, they're both they both got a great beat and they both sound amazing. Though so I gotta mention this as a, from a chuckle point of view. What's so, that? What's that? So Rob mentioned he's like, I want to do Sandopolis Act One for the show, and Rob <laughs> is ready to pick it, and then he starts humming the track. I'm humming the wrong track. And I'm like, <laughs> no, that's that's yeah, yeah. not Sandopolis. That's that's Desert Palace, and he goes, "Oh, right, from that's from Sonic and Knuckles." Like, no, that's from Sonic Three. <laughs> oh, you mean there's like a stage? Like, it's not even a stage. <laughs> it was like this long, like pole, like spiral. No, it goes, but not there. It goes here. No. Why is this so we had, challenging? We had to play it in the studio like four times to be like, "Oh, right, 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 right." right. <laughs> I remember. Yeah. It's like, I don't right. know how that happens. But, uh, it's because we really want to listen to Sonic Racing themes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, we should do a whole episode of just the Sonic Racing themes. And he was like, you mean five songs? And I'm like, yeah, for now. <laughs> let's, let's do it. That's the episode. Actually, now I think about it, if you really want well, no, we'd have to like use like, because the, the Sonic car racing diesel. Wait, we could. Yeah, that could it just hit me. Yes. Yeah, we legitimately could do it a whole episode. We have the Sonic... Uh, we have the Sonic race levels from Sonic 3. Yeah. We have yeah. Sonic Zero Gravity. Do it. Do it. We have Come on. base Sonic Riders. Right, we have Sonic R. And then there's we a, have there's a, uh, Mario and Sonic do the with the no, Summer Olympics. No, we're not going to go there. And they race no, other things. No, no, no. We're not going there. You don't know. We're going to find this immaculate tune that just has just going to blow us all the way. The right. Happens, right. But, but that's not going to happen. <laughs> there's no way. All right. Um, so why don't you start us off? Well, I'm already going with against yours, the sound vibe, most likely, but I still kept the concept of yes, like uh, like the the theming of the game. So I'm going with it. And this game is called Beyond Oasis, mm. and the track is called Aquaria, and it's composed by Yuzo Koshiro. Nice.
Welcome back. You're listening to the tune Aquaria from the game Legend of Oasis, composed by Yuzo Koshiro. Did I say Legend of Oasis? You bet your sweet bippy I did, because before the cut, I flubbed. <laughs> and that's okay. Oh, yeah, that's fine. I mean, Legend of Oasis, Story of Oasis. Beyond Oasis. Beyond Oasis. Beverage of Oasis. <laughs> it's all, it's all, they're all Oasis, yes? LaCroix Oasis of Oasis. Yes. Right. Uh, we can drink them, we can drink of them all and enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. Cupcakes of Oasis. <laughs> so you might be listening to this track and... Between the way it sounds, and if you've actually played the game, you might be asking yourself, what the heck is this dude talking about? There's, this does not fit your concept at all. And it's up to interpretation, I think, because I feel as though, from what I remember of this game, it took a lot of its premise, both its world and the characters, from like Arabian, like Arabian like mythos stories, like okay. the jinns. And like the prince, basically, you have living like in a sort of like, I don't know, like a like a nice style, like the type of castle mm-hmm. he lived in, the way the populace dressed, the whole, it was like it was very well. In that, with that in mind, it has a very like cinematic, like sweeping, like you're looking over like a like a like a long city in like the desert kind of thing, like really dry. And it's interesting that you say that because yeah. the track from my my exposure because I own the game but last time I played it may well have been the 90s but <laughs> this track is the overworld theme of the game and it's sort of like the game itself is like a sort of like sort of like a Zelda game as far as how exploration goes but you have platforming how like how Alundra did it so there's a lot of grub hopping bopping swiping of your of your sh- um, shimitar 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 um, and essentially that is the game like it's it's a very wide, expansive map. At least it felt that way back in the 90s. And I can see this track, as you described it, being very appropriate with that descriptive. Mm-hmm. It's a very sweeping, adventurous, expansive track. It gives you the sense of wide exploration. Yeah, that's what it feels like. And I like the way... I even like the way it fades out right here. It sounds like it sounds like in the movies, you know, like where it's like it's slowly going out, slowly fading out, and like maybe like the lead character kind of strolls in, or you see him like really far in the distance, and then he just changes screens. It's like, oh, there he is, no. there he is, he's back again. Yeah, just like in the movies, where suddenly he's platforming and hitting things with his sword. More movies need to do that, honestly. Yeah. Why? Why don't video game <laughs> film adaptations just have characters hopping and bopping across platforms? I don't know, for man. Hours at a time. <laughs> Just have a little bit of dialogue there. He wants. I was like, man, I can really go for a piece right now, boy. This is a good pick, and it's cool because, like, yeah, we are going to be playing a lot of consoles on this episode, all over the place. So, (laughs) kind of fitting for that earlier mention that we had. Yeah. So we've had the Saturn, which is a rarely covered series um, system on the show. Mm -hmm. We got to change that. Got to put more. Yeah. Well, we had our Saturn episode, the Saturn Puzzlers, which was a really weird one. Oh yeah, because we had to get Baku Baku on. Yeah, I was going to say Baku Baku. Childhood memories. Not a day goes by that we don't talk about Baku Baku Pranel. The day it doesn't, the day that that actually does happen, I'll be saddened because Baku Baku should be on everyone's mind. If you haven't played it, get on it and then ask yourself, or rather ask, yes, ask yourself, why hasn't Sega revived this franchise? I mean, it's, 
I, mean, I, I mean, I could see something like that happening, doing really well, like on mobile, on a mobile. No, uh, no, 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 mobile. We're yeah, talking. Yeah. We're talking the consoles. Yeah, you the... put a little extra money into it. You get extra no! bakus. No, no, let's not taint my memories <laughs> that way. What the? Oh, oh man. What about my 3ds? Oh, I guess we should mention Josh from the VGM jukebox. If you're listening, you gotta get Puzzle Fighter. Come on, bring it on. I thought he was already bring playing that with you. Yeah, we are. Oh. I'm challenging him now. Oh, oh, I see. <laughs> to the to the to podcast beat down. That would be an interesting premise if we ever could get a link up of systems one day. Yeah, actually the, challenge the po- other podcasts oh, to games man. themselves, actual games. We like, could have like a um, like a tournament, yes. podcast tournament of champions. Yes, <laughs> we be win. I, I better call my butt because I might I might be talking us into an early grave <laughs> here, but I feel confident. All right. Well, away from that nasty subject, let's go on to. My next track. I'm going to the Super Nintendo, and this is from the game Asterix and Obelix for the Super Nintendo, composed by Alberto Jose Gonzalez, and this is the Desert Camp. Camp Desert? Camp Deserts. Listening to the Desert Camp from the game Asterix and Obelix for the Super Nintendo, composed by the one Alberto Jose Gonzalez. And I feel like every time you hear um, a Joe McAlby track, um, it's just it just sounds like he's having so much fun composing it. Like he's got like fun like melodies that run together and they harmonize like this part right there. Um, it's got fun rhythms. Like he's really, really uh, got a strong sense of rhythm, but just has so much fun with all these melodies running together. And, and this one especially, especially all the, the symbols. Mm-hmm. I almost feel like there should be orchestra hits in there, but that might take away from like the theme of the track, you know? I actually think this track, I did not expect this to be coming out when you brought up this game name. Yeah. But lo and behold, this to me definitely fits the theme that we Dude, were going for. Asterix gets around. He's all over the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I also gotta admit, I always love the fact that like Albert Alberto Jose Gonzalez, his tunes are usually like it's always like like licensed property games. Yeah, he does a lot of licensed property. Like he was brought on to a lot of licensed games, but um, so it's like, but puts his own spin on every single one. It's exactly. It's like, yeah, yeah. It's like the game itself can have mixed vibe as far as like is the game fun to play. 
But what you can always come away with is the fact that his sound that he brought to the game is exemplary. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I love I love the work he did on the 8-bit systems and the sound trips. So it's really cool to break into like his 16-bit like music uh, uh, compositions. Now, you t- you were telling me earlier this this game, these characters are based off of a, from a comic strip? Yeah, it's based off of like a classic uh, uh, comic. Um, if you're, you're on the spot, just say that. Yeah, all that's good. all I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not American. No, not, not that I know of. But I remember seeing this like in stores and stuff and being like, oh, that's some crazy stuff. They got big noses. <laughs> they look like they look like Vikings, and then there's a lot yeah, of, they do like Vikings. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of games. A lot of these games are like um, like puzzle platformer type games. Um, can't tell you much else about that except like yeah, it's. I think it's a lot like um, like they, they have adventures all over the world. They meet different people, different stereotypes. Have a good time. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's definitely the case here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a, definitely a lot of platforming. You know, collecting collecting the items to get the the one up. Right, right. And just breaking blocks. Like like I said, it's a tradition. It's a typical. So we hear you want to make a game about a mask with mascots in it type of game. Right. So, but that's again, that's not necessarily a bad thing. And if you're a fan of these oh. two characters, I'm sure the game is probably that much more of a hit for you because. You can relate to the characters being portrayed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that these characters are very, very popular, or at least really well known um, for being really classic. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's about it. Maybe we'll see. Maybe I should just focus on the tunes. I'm having enough trouble narrowing down games to play as it is, but we'll see. We'll see. Maybe there will be some obelisks and asterisks in my future. I, since I don't really know much about them, I like to think like one is an insurance salesman and the other is a stand-up comedian and they travel they travel the world together one is trying to find gigs and nightclubs and the other one is trying to insure the nightclubs that is a very very baffling premise <laughs> yeah very baffling premise it's like if anything that would lose the comedian gigs and no, so I don't know. they're going to play me. At the, they're going to let me play this. Do the show here at this club tonight. So bring your best. Bring your best face. Oh, but while we're at it, though, I want to make sure I can go up there and squeeze them <laughs> and give you some yeah, quality, man, some quality insurance. I was like, you know, we were all ready to have you here, but then your partner showed up and he was such a jerk. Yeah, well, that we will not allow you back. Go home. We'll find filler for the show. Why? Instead. Why? Why does the um, insurance salesman have to be a jerk by default? Because he's selling a product that they likely don't want. Don't <laughs> That's how it goes. It's like you have to you used to have those people that come to your house with like the with the vacuum cleaner and the glass of like grape juice. Hey, what are you doing? Yeah. Home from work today, got the day off. That's great. I'm coming to your house. Oh, whoops, I spilled grape juice all over your new carpet. Well, good thing I have this vacuum cleaner that might not work, but hey, whatever. <laughs> we'll just try it out here. Got any juice? Oh, I'm thirsty, but I happen to spill my drink. You but know, whatever. I, I would love to say that that doesn't happen and stuff like that doesn't happen anymore, but it happens all the time in this neighborhood. Told, I'm sure yeah, it does. It's Really but you probably don't get those weird meat salesmen here, D. No, no, but no. I went to um, a Wawa, which is a convenient, you know, a convenience store around uh, the Pennsylvania area, and <laughs> this dude drives up. Um, these two dudes in a van, and they're like, "Hey, man, I was doing a meat delivery, and we can't make it, so um, the guy doesn't want it anymore. So we're gonna sell all this meat for like such and such amount of dollars. It's like, did you want it? And I was like, well, I don't eat meat. And uh, our friend, uh, remember Will? Will? Uh-huh. He was like, yeah, I'll buy it. And dude, we ate. We ate truck meat. <laughs> we called it truck meat. Truck meat. He ate truck meat for like a long time. We would go over for like uh, like Fourth of July or whatever, and he's like, "Yep, got the truck meat out of the barbecue." 
it's it lasts because <laughs> yeah. they do freeze it, so it's okay. But yeah, yeah, so it looked frozen. It looked fine. I was like, you're just buying meat off the back of a van by these two dudes. It happened to me. Dude drove up to my house like, hey, man. Look, we, we, we were trying to unload this meat. Similar premise, not necessarily that the guy didn't want it, but I was like, look, we have this extra meat here. We're trying to get some sales going. And I was like, yeah. what if I'm not sure I want it, but I want to come back <laughs> to you later? Can I get a hold of you? So I'm like trying to get him to give me the number of the company. He's like, oh, no, no, here's my card. And he's like, he didn't give me a card. Yeah, he no, wrote it on a that. piece of Post-it note. Like, here's my number and my name. Like, that's not very official. <laughs> here's a napkin. <laughs> Why can't it be like, um, you know... Like two Girl Scouts come out and they're like, "Look, we can't sell all these cookies." I trust them even less. So we're not <laughs> yeah, even going to go you. with yeah, that. Yeah. Girl right. Scout mafia. Let's run into your. Uh, your <laughs> wow, wow. Let's go to your next track. Okay. You think I'm making that up? No. We'll talk about that later. Well, we, we don't have to. We don't. Yes, have to. we do. All right. <laughs> the next yeah, track, yeah. I'm going to hit them going with it now because I think it'd be interestingly appropriate. So right. this is the track that made me want to even take on this topic at all. And it's from the game Street Fighter EX Plus Alpha. It's called Arabesque. And it's composed by Shinji Hoso, Ayako Sasso, and Takayuki Aihara. Hopefully grooving, really grooving, to Arabesque from the game Street Fighter EX Plus Alpha, hmm. at the time probably the longest Street Fighter name, composed by <laughs> Shinji Hoso, Ayako Sasso, and Takayaki, Takayuki Aihara. Hmm. So, fun fact about me, I'm not, well, known already that I don't play a lot of fighters. No. It's, and Street Fighter was a big proponent of me not playing them. But I did buy two Street Fighter games throughout the course of my life. Street Fighter Alpha 3, because uh, of that oh. crazy world tour mode. Alpha 3 Alpha Three was probably one of the best oh, it was. ever made. Yeah, So good. And this game, Street Fighter EX Plus Alpha. Really? Yes. Why is that? The music mm. and the yeah. character that's represented by this track. Oh, Pullum Perna. Yes. 
So what, what was what was interesting about her? Well, that, one, what do you find interesting about her? Well, randomly enough, first of all, just the Pulumperna. I like the name. It's yeah, it's like, like, a cool name. Pulumperna. And then the other part is just... Uh, <laughs> so, I love it. Like, the other part is like, the, uh, like this was an Arika game. So... Yes. And for the record, this is why like this character and like Skull and Mania and a few others were still have yes. not shown up in Street Fighter games because of licensing and stuff. But um, this character has a very weird like premise behind her. Partly because I'm betting it's lately partly to do with the fact that Irika Ira- created her. Yes. But essentially, the idea is that her grandfather got hypnotized or something like by Shadowloo. <laughs> So of she course, and of her course. bodyguard travel the world. Like they don't just go to look for Shadow Dark. They, they travel the world <laughs> because they could do that to find Shadowloo and <laughs> get revenge. So that of oh, course wow. puts her in a Street Fighter tournament. Um, but it's just I like I like the fact that she's like I like their I like their style of dress for the game. I like the way her movements work in the game. She had a very art artistic way of fighting. Hmm. Her movements were very authentic and awesome. It's just a great character and a great game. It was also a 3D fighter, which at the time was still kind of new. Yeah, still really, really new. This one came out for the the PlayStation. I'm not sure if this came out before or after EX3, which was in the arcades, which I played to death. Surprisingly, I played it. I didn't. I was. I wasn't expecting to enjoy it as much as I did. Because I, I remember when they when these games came out, it was they were like the first like it was 2D fighting, but there were 3D models. And I remember looking at it being like, these character models don't look great. I'm used to, I like the sprite, the, the hand-drawn looking artwork. Um, but I really enjoyed playing it. And I liked the uh, the supers system that you can like kind of loot link supers together. See, I didn't even remember that. And that might have been only in EX3. No, nah, I probably just have bad memory. <laughs> but, did you, but did you know that um, Arika, or, or I always called him Arika, or whatever. Arika presents. Arika. Yes, Arika. Arika, yeah. I love um, that's how I remember it. They have a new game coming out with characters from all of these games. Seriously? Ori- original characters called Fighting EX Lair. Layer. I've never heard of this. Yeah, it's it's out on beta. I think you can. I think it's on PC. It might be on, on PS4, but it's in beta. So they're testing out like how it plays, and it looks really cool. Like all I know is that Skullamania is in it. That's the one everyone's talking about. I don't know if Pullum is in it, but I know she's a favorite. She's a fan favorite. I hope she's in there because I'd probably buy it for that alone. Yeah, so I think everyone's really excited about that. Um, but what I'm excited about, we were talking about Alpha Three, is that the Street Fighter Collection is coming out in like May of like 2018. PS4 and Switch. Yeah. That's got like every single Street Fighter ever made that that was 2D. Like, the, ever. The humorous joke, of course, was like everyone was like, oh my god, four games in one. <laughs> I know, yeah, it's like that's all everyone's going to play. But well, it's, like, it's just like, you know, not so much that's all they want to play, it's just like how their oh, sequels right. worked. Because they're like 12 games on this thing, but it's like Street Fighter 2, Street Fighter 2 Tournament Edition, Street Fighter 2 Hyper Fighting, Super Street Fighter 2, Street Fighter 2 Hyper Fighting Tournament Edition. It's like, there's a lot of Street Fighter well, it's 2 like going on. When they did, um, when they when uh, Super Turbo, which is Street Fighter 2 Super Turbo, came out on, I think, the 360. Like, yeah, you can change the modes of the characters to play, like, different versions of the game. Like, that's, that's great. Like, so why have full versions of all these games. Or like, when Alpha 3 came out, I'm like, well, why go back and play Alpha 2? Alpha 3's got everything I want in it, and, and the best. Or even Street Fighter 3, Third Strike. Why play Double Impact? Because I like the... I think you know, it does play a little differently, but still. It's basically one of the was anyway, like, if you're a fighting- I'm, I'm, ex- I'm excited for it because I like all of these games, and to finally have them all is amazing. I think it just as a, I think fighting enthusiasts definitely can appreciate. Yes, it. The yeah. joke usually comes from people who are, like me who are just like I know a little about fighting games, 
But then you see all the numbering choices, like, what the Oh, why? yeah, yeah. Well, there's only going to be a few of them. Like, I guess the, the better, the more well-known well known ones are going to have online mode. So that would be, like, Street Fighter Two Super Turbo, Street Fighter Three uh, Third Strike. And I think Alpha 3 is going to have online mode, which I'm super excited about. I'm just sad that I'm almost guaranteeing they're not going to use the PS, the PlayStation 1 edition of that. It's going to be the arcade edition. Oh, I think they're all going to be arcade editions. Which makes me sad. Oh, really? Why? World Tour! Well, explain to me World Tour again. If I remember correctly... Because you, you're excited about this, and I don't remember it. Like, if I remember correctly, it was like sort of like a pseudo-pseudo-RPG-ish mode. Very light, mind you. Oh, so yeah, So you could yeah, basically yeah. choose a character. Okay. You could go around, you fight different characters like on missions. Yeah. And you get experience, push you can level up the different isms. Yes. Like A-ism, B-ism. Okay. Yeah, and, I remember this uh, now. was another ism. I can't remember. X-ism. The, X-ism, yeah. X-ism. Yeah. And they all, like, what... I think it was Aism that was, it was Xism that had the custom combos. Yeah, X, no, I'm sorry, that was Vism. Vism had custom combos. Um, Aism was the three level supers, and the other one, which I think was Xism, is just just one super, which played like original Street Fighter Two, just one super powerful super. But everyone liked Aism because he had three bars to work with. Yeah, it was an yeah. interesting idea. Like you would level them up, and as you level them up, you unlocked yeah. different like you unlocked like different power levels for that character. Mm-hmm. I feel like, if I recall, it's been, again, it's been a while, but I feel like there was like slight bits of customization of how the character played too. It's like it was, it was like an interesting novel concept for a fighting game to have. Yeah, I, and unfortunately, probably not going to come back, which is sad. For shame. I remember uh, I worked at an arcade, and there we had like every fighting game that came out, and someone said, "Hey, the new Alpha series game is here," and I was like, "Oh, really?" I'm like, "Ah, I don't know. I've played all these characters before." Like, what more could they add to it? And they said, no, it's got everybody in it. That game had a huge roster. Like, he said, you can play as Blanca. You can play as Honda. And I was like, what? I want to say it was Blanca versus Sakura? Yeah, it's a ton of characters. That's that's why it's my favorite. Cody and handcuffs. Yeah, Cody and handcuffs. Oh, so now another one more bit of Street Fighter news is that in January, Street Fighter V Season 3 is announced, and Cody comes back. Sakura and Blanca. Yeah, Sakura, Blanca, Cody, and Sagat, and a couple others are new, but... Um, Cody is out of his uh, out of his chains. I think he still has the handcuffs stuck to his hand, but he's, he's on parole. <laughs> but no, he's 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 dressed up. But he looks like the new mayor of Metro City. Oh wow! Maybe uh, maybe Mayor Hagar finally passed the torch, or maybe he's just dressed for court <laughs> for his court date. You guys are really getting on my nerves. I'm trying to get to my parole here, and you're yeah. just you're just constantly getting in my way. I'm going to take you down. Anyway, I'm really excited about that. Um, but don't hit my ankle bracelet. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not trying to trying to stir, cause a stir or anything. Yeah, I don't care what anyone says. I think Street Fighter Five is fun. I think it's one of the best games they've made. I think a lot of people agree with you. I yeah. mean, it's a lot of people complain. Really well, a lot of people complain about. But I guess a lot of people complain about every version of the fighting game. You know what they say. The louder, the more the louder people are the ones you hear the most. But just because they're loud doesn't mean they're plentiful. Yeah, yeah. There's there's plenty of people who enjoy it. Um, so my final track is from the game Arabian Magic for the arcade. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, side side scroller beat 'em up style um, that takes place with sort of like a like a classic fantasy Lawrence of Arabia style thing. Um, and this track is called uh, Shingeki. And it is for uh, Taito Arcade System, composed by Norohiro Furukawa from the game Arabian Magic.
You're listening to the track Shingeki from the game Arabian Magic for the arcade, produced by Taito and composed by Norihiro Furukawa. So yeah, this again just got that cinematic like quality to it, which I think is always really cool when they put that like in a game like this, because no matter like, because you kind of control like as much as you can in a, in a beat 'em up style game, you control the pace of it, right? But like on that one section of the track, that like kind of like all you hear is like tambourine, and like the, like it creates like tension. So you, who knows like what you're doing in that part of the game? Maybe you're still like beating up a dude, or maybe 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 you're moving to the next section to beat up a dude. To beat up another dude. Um, that's what you do in these games. You beat up dudes. It is the truth, and I think it's it's amazing how these games worked in and of themselves because we all talk about how finally we remember a plethora of beat-em-ups. Yeah. So many. And they were all fun. And I think I would still play them to this day. Someone would say, hey, Parno, you should try playing this copy of Final Fight 2. Right. Whatever. I'd play them. But when you really lay them down on paper as to what they are, they are literally the yes. exact same template. <laughs> Guys walk into your fist. You punch them. Sometimes you jump and then kick them. Yeah. You have one button that usually correlates to a get off of me quick button. Right. That's the game. So this one, um, from the gameplay I've seen, it looks a lot closer in style to like the uh, the Dungeons and Dragons beat 'em up style games, where like you're fighting more with weapons and you have some magic. Oh, okay. yeah. Um, and it's a little faster paced, which is cool. And for the record, I love those. Those are games I wish I'd see more people good. I mean, we have Dragons Crown, but mm-hmm. that's like one in a million because that's like the only homage to that style of game I've seen. Which have you played? Have you played it before? Dragons Crown? Yeah. No. Oh no. When did that come out? Came out, I want to say late 2000, no, early 2010s, like oh, okay. 2011 right, or 12. Yeah. It was on PS3. Yeah, I don't. I never owned that system, so. it's bas- It was basically meant, this is by Vanillaware, and it was definitely meant to kind of say, hey, if you remember like the Dungeons & Dragons beat em up, you'll love this game. Oh, okay. Awesome art, delectable food products, and... <laughs> Like it was just a really fun game. Wasn't? Oh, oh wait, well, wait a minute, wait. A minute. That's right. When we did our food episode, someone said, "Hey, do Dragon's Crown," and then you came over and you showed me. This is the game that you showed That's me. The game we showed you all the food. Super elaborately, super detailed drawings of food. It's like, how did you guys do top foods and not mention Dragon's Crown? Like, because I haven't played yeah, it enough. They, they look like um, like Victorian or Edwardian like illustrations of food that you would find in like. Like cookbooks or never has toast in a bowl looks so appetizing. Yeah, but but it was like weird stuff too. Like one of it was like rats and stuff, like rat stew or something. If it was made like that, I'd probably eat it. So good. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) I like this. Again, like it's got these really quiet sections. Like who knows what you're doing in this section, but suddenly it feels so much more important. You're eating toast in a bowl. I like to imagine um in these really quiet sections, like you and your friends. It's a four-player game. You're fighting over the health items. Oh, that's not <laughs> imagining. That actually happens. So, especially the game, it's very rare. Sometimes, like, a lot of times, those games don't give you the means to hit other players. But that doesn't trans. That doesn't transfer to off the camera. You push your friend on the floor and run over and eat the apple. Yeah. What are you doing? I'm hungry, man. Or like someone's like someone like like dropped out of the game and you grab all the items before they come back. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a really rough. Why event. did you beat the boss without me? Well, you can put your money in fast. If the game won't let me just stand here and wait, there's a yeah. clock. Get moving, sucker. Hey, these games these games are on the clock. These, the boss is, is, is watching the clock. <laughs> the boss doesn't even care. He's like, look, one way or the other, I'm getting money. I'm yeah. getting my cut. So. All right, what's your final track? 
Um, this one, Assy, it probably won't be a surprise to most listeners, but maybe the younger set. Um, so the tr- my last track for this episode is going to be from the game Super Mario Brothers 2. Oh. And it is pretty much the underground theme from that game. And it's composed by Koji Kondo. This may be, I want to say this might be the first Mario track we've chosen for the show. It very well could be. listening to the underground theme from the game Super Mario Brothers 2 composed by Koji Kondo. Interesting choice for a reason. What is that reason? I forgot. Oh, I didn't. I'm kidding. So, basically, for those not in the know, in America, there was Super Mario Brothers. It was a great game. Challenging, but fun. And then in Japan, they decided they wanted to make a second game. And they called it Super Mario Brothers 2. And it was brutally difficult. It was pretty much <laughs> the exact same game as Mario Brothers, Super Mario Brothers, but they just made the level layout harder. They added a power, uh, power down item. Yeah. And that was all they did. Like the, it was the, the, That was the, uh, the, the poison mushroom, right? Yes. Oh, it was a boy. terrible idea. I'm sure some of the hardcores liked it, but overall it did not take well. So when it came time to release an actual sequel in the States... They did not want to use that game because it was considered too difficult for us to enjoy. We later got it as the Lost Levels, and I'm sure some people enjoyed it, but ultimately I think they made the right call yeah. by taking a game that was originally made as a comp, comp based as a cross-promotion from Fuji Television for a property called Doki Doki Panic. And that game was pretty much about had a very like Arabian-style theme to it. Yeah, there was a lot of interesting landscapes mostly it was a lot of desert themed yeah. areas too like but like planting a lot of radishes in the desert yeah well and, like the, and shrimp were they shrimp i always thought they were shrimp no it was turnips radishes they bounce no, turnips baby either turn baby turnips or beets depending on how you want to look at it okay and then that was pretty much the main vegetable there was like this weird like carrot looking thing that you found at some points too but uh the idea behind that was that it was originally a dream world in a book where the villain, who was pretty much like a giant frog monster, Mamu, I think his name was, you could beat him by... He didn't like vegetables, so the dream people (laughs) in this book came up with vegetables. They conjured up vegetables to use to fight him, and that's how they won. But the premise of the game was that something happens which results in the book being unended, so the frog monster pretty much abducts two people from outside the book and then the family goes inside to rescue the kids I by hitting them with vegetables. Wow, I don't think I ever knew that. That's really interesting. It kind of makes sense like in, in the game you find keys that would open doors to like a shadow like reversed world in which you'd find like hidden items. Yeah, it was and like a magic magic potions that would create doors to subcon. And that was the dream the dreamscape. Yeah, the, the, uh, like like the dreamscape. Yeah. Oh, that's really interesting. So what is Birdo? 
Bird, that's the thing. All of the characters in the game were from the original game. The only thing that they changed, for the most part, they changed what a bunch of the power-ups looked like yeah. because there were, like, magic lamps and stuff in the game and crystal balls, which actually the crystal balls stayed in the game. Oh, and spaceships? No spaceships. Why? Why you got to take this so? Much? <laughs> I can't. <laughs> yeah, but no, I was like, it was a. Uh, it's, it's, it's fun. It's like a. It's like a kid's like dream, dream world. Yeah, yeah. and it's awesome in a sense because well, the original characters names were like Mama, Papa, oh, for the girl, for those characters, and Lena, and they became Mario, Luigi. I said, I'm sorry, Mama first. So Mama was Luigi, Papa was Mario, Imogene was Toad, and Lena was the princess. Oh, okay. So they huh. kept all of their properties, and for the most part. But the exception of things like Pharaoh and the Cobrats mm-hmm. and some of the bosses, pretty much all of this stuff carried over to the normal Mario universe oh, okay. in future games, which is awesome. Yeah. I love Snippet and I love Shy Guy. And oh, yeah. Who I, doesn't like the Shy Guys? Awful people. That's <laughs> Everyone I, loves Shy Guys. I'm, this, this theme used to freak me out. Not freak me out, but like when you would go under an, into the underworld and you would steal like the key or whatever you needed. The Pharaoh! And Pharaoh then, yeah, mask. The, the mask would come and chase you around. That freaked me out because like you'd think that once you escaped, it was done. It could transcend screens. But yeah, it would just travel across screens to come get you. And yeah, as a young kid, I was like, whoa. This thing is not stopping, and it it scared me. It was. I'm trying to remember if it would go away temporarily if you threw the item on the ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I learned later on that yeah, if you drop the item because that's all it wanted. But I think it would take it back or something. No, I couldn't take it back. I but, think it just disappeared. For yeah. A bit. And then when yeah. you picked it, it, was like, here I am. But yeah, that freaked me out because this weird face just flying around. Oh, it's awesome too. Still think about that. See, why doesn't they need to bring that back? Hmm. I loved that, and it added a lot of panic to the gameplay. Doki Doki panic. This guy, this guy, Doki Doki Purnell. That would be a great name. Yeah, Doki Doki. Of course, now there's Doki Doki Literature Club. So, yes, I have heard of that. I need to play that. I've heard nothing but nothing actually, because all people say is you have to play. Yeah, yeah. They don't but, tell you anything about the game. Well, let's play like a dating sim. I know that much. I mean, apparently, things get weird. Yeah, I've been slowly watching through the Game Grumps play it, which is a little bit more. Entertaining for different reasons. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they add their own flavorful. Commentary. Yeah, they got their own voices and stuff. So, but anyway, but that, that's just that's just for funs. But let me uh, let me turn this track down because we're gonna have the Doki Doki bonus round. Bonus bonus round. The Doki Doki bonus round is when we play tracks, remixes, covers, and arrangements based on the Doki Doki theme. That never happened. <laughs> that never happened. Or did it? I don't know. This could be this could be subcon right now. So I went for Street Fighter again because Street Fighter Five introduced the first um, Arabic character, Rashid. Oh, for, oh, really? Yes. Oh. Um, which is very exciting. Um, who I have a very hard time fighting because he's very he has a very interesting fighting style with a lot of flying around the screen and a lot of kicks. Um, but no, this is Rashid's theme. Rashid's theme from the game is very, it's very dancey, like all of them. And there's a there's just a chorus of just going Rashido, and it goes on forever. Okay. So, so during tournaments, people just chant Rashido, Rashido, this Rashido. Awesome. It's pretty amazing. But this this is really cool. So this is Rashid's theme um, done uh, an acoustic cover. Um, with some acoustic guitars and such, um, composed or I'm sorry, arranged by Setna Message. There you go. Th- that's the name. That's the name of the guy. Setna Message. Set- no, it's Setna. Maybe it is. I don't know. 
You just said it. Set no message. Like, set, set no message. Just play the track. Let's not play the track. This is Rashid's. Track. This is the acoustic cover of Rashid's theme from Street Fighter Five. Rashid's theme from the game Street Fighter V, originally composed by Hideyuki Hideyuki Fukasawa. And this was arranged for acoustic guitar and piano by Set No Message. Um, so yeah, really awesome find. Um, I'm really excited that I, I found this this uh, this artist. 
And I love this song. I think it's a great arrangement of the tune. It really like captures it in a different light. Where in, in the game, it's very heavy and it's very hard, and it's um, it just gets goes and it's got the chanting. But this is like very chill and just almost romantic. Yeah, I was about to say I may be coming from the wrong place here, but it kind of makes you want to do a bit of a flamenco dance. Yeah, I think it's for like I think it's because of that uh, acoustic guitar and like the, the taps on the guitar probably makes you feel that way. You know, all those sounds that people make when they, when they flamenco. Yeah, but, um, Zabazuba. but it was a really cool find. Um, I hope you enjoyed that one. And I'm looking forward to like exploring more of this guy's music. He's got a lot I'm available on Patreon as well. So we'll have links to all of that on the website. So Pernell, I know you were having not a struggle, but you were it having, was a struggle. It was a struggle. Yeah, it was a struggle. Okay. But <laughs> it did end up with a sort of happy ending. Yeah. Because Good. it ended up sending me back to a guy who I brought up on the show eons ago. We're talking probably one of our earlier episodes by far. And, and lo and behold, I realized that he did a remix to a track from a game that I was looking for. What was that? It's, it, was a compo- it was a group called Retro Music. And the composer of retro music stuff goes by the name DJ Axis, I believe. Is from like a old like Screw Attack podcast he used to do. Oh, this does sound familiar. Yes, the track is from the game The Magic of Scheherazade, and he titled it Here and Now. It is awesome. Hope you like it. Because if you don't, I might cry. <laughs>
DJ Axis on the keys there. That was the magic of Scheherazade. Here and now. Here and now. From the game. They already said the name of. Anyway, that was an awesome track. It was link- it's a bit of a lengthy side, but by that same token, as Rob and I were talking about, I feel like that's the kind of track where it can play, it'll just go, yeah. and you'll enjoy whatever you're doing while it is going. It, it is- takes you on a journey. That's what it does. It kind of just pulls you around, and you can just kind of like just set it up and just go with it. Level up occasionally, you know, allocate <laughs> some stat points. You know, the usual spiel. Yeah, gain more magic points. <laughs> Purnell has gained a new level. What does he gain from that? He took a stat decrease. <laughs> Doki Doki 3. How? What is with you and Doki Doki? It's just it's fun <laughs> to say, isn't it? It's, a, it's, it's really fun to say. That is true. Yeah, everyone should say that right it, now. They should call the Doki Doki Brothers 2. Yeah. Rhythm Super Man. Mario Brothers 2, Doki Doki Panic. There you go. They could have just called it that. They could have. I... I that, maybe at the time that wouldn't have gone over super well. No one would have cared. They would have saw Mario <laughs> Brothers and just went with it. Yeah, but like, oh, another Mario Brothers game. Yeah. Um, yeah. So for more information on these artists, go to rhythmandpixels.com. We'll have links to their Doki Doki bios, Doki Doki SoundClouds, Doki Doki Patreons, and everywhere where you can Doki Doki support these artists. Okie Doki. <laughs> yes, thank you. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us on episode 11-6 of Rhythm and Pixels, our focus on um, arabesque-style music. It was a crapshoot, but I think we ultimately did a pretty decent job with shooting for the theme, and actually, even if we didn't, great music abound on this yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah. So. It's always always fun like exploring um, more the musical styles, like specific episodes, because we end up like looking at games I might not have looked at before, or... Um, even heard of more yeah. to add to the backlog, right? Yeah, yeah, it actually adds adds up that ever growing backlog. Just look longingly out well, in the distance. What happens is when I start researching music for an episode, I end up finding tracks that don't fit the theme, but I want to have another shows. <laughs> <laughs> I got to start doing that more often because I'll do that, but I don't keep track of the tracks, so they get lost in the expanse of musical selection that I create for myself. Yeah, it's all those post-it notes all around your house. <laughs> I really do have a stack of post-it notes. You do, man. Fluttering. fluttering. Actually, I remember we were um, we were organizing uh, your living room and we were like, oh, we got to keep these post-it notes right here where you can still get to the <laughs> post-it note tower. <laughs> it's got to be there. Or you know what I need? I need to get one of those things like they have at uh, like when restaurants take checks that just like spike pillar. Oh, where, yeah. Where you just kind of stab it with the Those paper. things always seem super dangerous to me. Yeah, but it's so cool to see it's like slam and the paper just goes to the spike and it's just sitting there. Like, why do you guys, are you even using these to refer back to or is it just like a theme that you go with where it's like, get rid of the notes, get rid of the receipts, but we'll never refer to them again. But we can't <laughs> actually throw them away, so we'll just stab them. It's like a record of how many things you've, you've done, how many episodes <laughs> you've gone through. <laughs> At this point, they're daring me to be large enough to be stacked up to be a pillow. Yeah, it'd be pretty, pretty heavy, pretty hefty. Um, anyway, uh, remember that December 23rd, this coming Saturday, is going to be our live show at 2 p.m. Eastern, and we're going to have that on Facebook. Bring a drink. 
yeah, get festive. Delective festive. And celebrate with us. But if you'd like to get in contact with us, I think the best way to do that is over email. Rhythm and Pixels at dokidoki.com. No. <laughs> Rhythm and Pixels at hotmail.com. Um, and if you'd like uh, more information about the show uh, and a full track listing from all of our episodes, check out the website. Rhythmandpixels.com. And um, if you want to check us out on social media, um, you go to facebook.com, Twitter, and Instagram. It's Rhythm and Pixels, all one word. And that's a great way to find us and, and get, in t- get, in, get in touch with us there. Also, go to patreon.com slash rhythmandpixels if you want to support the show. Um, that's a great way to do it. Um, we have a little, uh, we do little bonus shows every month, um, special just for the Patreon subscribers. And we like to thank our Patreon subscribers at the end of every episode. I want to thank Alex the Messenger, Matthew McDowell, Martin, I'm sorry, Morton Gangso, Henrik Anderson, Chris Murray. Murray, Murray, Murray. Murray. I want to thank Michael Bridgewater of the Forever Sound Version podcast. Yeah, stand up, dude, and Brian Pitt. All of them stand up, dudes. Thank you all very much for your continued support of the show. And if you don't want to support our show that way, you don't feel like it, that's fine. Go to uh, wherever you're listening this on. Just hit the subscribe button. It's iTunes or Stitcher or or something else. Just, Just give us a good rating. Share it with your friends. Yeah, easy to do. It's fast. It's fine. It's effective. It's effective. You don't have to say a whole lot. I know. But you could. But don't. But be careful with Purnell's feelings. He's been hurt in the past. I've been hurt in the past. I'm not sure how much more I can take. Yeah. I mean, these podcasts will just tear you apart. It's tearing you apart. Don't want to talk about it. (laughs) So we will see you next week. At Stacy Con. No. (laughs) For Holiday Cast. (laughs) <laughs> the Rhythm and Pixels Holiday Special Phantasmagoric um, Lightning Fast Snow Apocalyptic Festacular Yeah stop mentioning snow I'm tired of the snow already And it's not even January Tell me about it yeah, At least it's another excuse for me to be late for work <laughs> But um, we're going to have a lot of great music It's going to be fun, festive, cold themed um, Just a good time We'll have a lot of fun. It's going to be on the live stream, so you can go on Facebook and you can make fun of us and we will make fun of you. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah. don't, even, don't even bring that vibe. I'm not ready. You can come on and we'll just we'll talk about Tolstoy. But be gentle with Purnell. Be gentle with Purnell. Please, please. Just just talk. Just compliment my sneakers. Yeah. There you go. There we go. Go to uh, Facebook.com slash Purnell's Shoes. <laughs> I wonder if that group you still exists. Yeah, I think that was still there. There's, you have a Facebook group for your shoes. Um, so yeah, uh, this has been Rhythm and Pixels Video Game Music Podcast. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm still Purnell. And still, I want you to have a great week and a happy new year. And remember, music diversity, baby. It's hard to get into sometimes, but it's worth its weight in gold if you can pull it off. Don't focus on one type of music. Yeah, it's easy and comforting. And Honestly, I do it a lot of time too. It's just, again, it's just an easy thing, but the more you branch out, the more you might surprise yourself. And when the, in this current age of Spotify and Pandora and things like this podcast and other such podcasts, it's really easy to get yourself opened and exposed to new types of music. Make have fun with it. I mean, so such diversity out there. Don't pigeonhole yourself. Don't become our parents.
That is it. <laughs> Damn. You know how that goes. Yeah. His yeah. parent, like, well, what do you do? Same old stuff, son. Same old stuff. When I was a kid, Luther Vandross. Let's do now. Luther Vandross. There's so much. <laughs> Noriyuki Hurafumi. <laughs> oh, God, that's going to be our thing brought up. When I was a kid, I liked Noriyuki Wadare. <laughs> you know, he hasn't composed a track in 20 years. He's still my favorite. That's all I'm going to listen to. <laughs> Koji Kondo for life. New Bengal kids with your rocket topics.